spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. Hello and welcome to the 106th Annual Subliminal Deception Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory. Bullshit, my name is Cody, and I'm joined by my pal Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Not doing too bad. I We have been enjoying about a week and a half of rain here. Um, I don't know if the sun still even exists. I haven't seen it in a <laughs> while. <laughs> How was yeah. uh, the weather in your neck of the woods? Uh, it started to cool down yesterday, and it rained today. Uh, it's supposed to warm up over the next couple of days, so I think it's supposed to get up to about 100 early in the next month from what i've heard so wow. we're gonna start hitting 100 pretty soon here i guess wow well uh we there's something big there's a big event coming up phil that uh you and i like the nfl draft is thursday i believe are yes. you going to be looking and hoping that your arizona cardinals take somebody well Yes, I am. I usually watch the first night and the second night. I'm not much for rounds, you know, four through seven or whatever it is. But yeah, um, who does the I was going to ask you quick, who do the Vikings need? Because I'm going to say right now, Arizona Cardinals desperately need a cornerback because uh, the old dog that we used to have actually just got picked up by Minnesota. So Uh, Minnesota needs a lot. They need (laughs) uh, (laughs) a I would say lineman is like number one, lineman and defensive end. Uh, their cornerback that they drafted last year, it's, I don't know if you heard the story of that guy. I, I He's probably looking at some prison time maybe or jail yeah. time because he did some fucking horrendous shit. Like, oh my God. I've When it comes to like assault, that was bad. When you're like trying to jam someone's, eye or whatever up to their phone to like unlock it god that's fucked so yeah he might not have never play football again so <laughs> they might need a corner but i think they need a they need a lineman really bad who did the yeah. uh, the cardinals you think they're gonna take a corner yeah i think they're gonna take a corner back there um uh, i just heard what the kid's name was on the radio today um apparently the Atlanta Falcons might actually, they're number four. They might actually take a quarterback also if they don't trade away. So he might actually sink down to where the Cardinals are at. Kind of hoping for that. But, Wait, cor- I mean, there's there's going to be a bunch of good cornerbacks probably. I think there's like three or four good ones that are going to be like on the board. So hopefully they you know get somebody good. They pretty much, honestly, they have a, a Super Bowl-ready team. They just need a couple of pieces just to get them there. Yeah, from what I've heard about the corners, it's like um, there's one that's pretty much going to be a top 10 pick. And then the other two kind of have like injury concerns, but they're really good. So maybe they'll yeah. get one of them. Uh, it seems like a cornerback, man. They're always getting hurt. That's a that's a hard ass job. I'm just going to say that is a hard fucking job. Keeping up with them speedy boys. 
Yeah, and they're also usually a lot shorter than them too, than yeah. the wide receivers. I also think that Arizona might need a tight end, but I'm not too sure about that. Arizona hasn't really had a really good tight end in a while, so. Well, I guess we will all see. Uh, we'll see if there's collusion going on. I think the quarterbacks and what order they're gonna go is gonna be kind of the main drama of this year's, as it usually is, to be honest with you, but. Uh, Let's get off yep. of football for a second. I want to tell you a funny story about my new living arrangement here. So, all right, um, because I live in like a series of townhomes now, you know, everybody's mm-hmm. addresses are like kind of similar. Well, I'm not even going to blame Amazon for this. I think it's like UPS has been fucking it up. But last week they delivered these desks that I'm using now to a completely different neighbor's house. I had to go hunt them down and find them. And today or yesterday, my chairs had gotten delivered and they were delivered to the wrong house. And I thought I saw it outside of this one guy's house. Right. So Mm -hmm. I I approach his door. I ring the doorbell. I step back, you know, and nobody answers, but I see the light turned on. So I wait like, 45 seconds, I ring the doorbell again. He opens it up. He doesn't say a word to me at all. He's just staring at me. And I was like, kind of, it's feeling really awkward. And then yeah. I'm like, uh, I think you have my packages. And he does still doesn't say anything. He just grabs the one that he opened inside, gives it to me. And then the one that's outside, he's like, what's going on with the addresses? And I'm like, I, ours are similar. I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, but... Dude, it reeked so bad like weed when he opened that door. <laughs> like, oh my god, it smelled like he'd been hot boxing it right in that entryway. It was just like a there's such a weird interaction with a neighbor. I'm just like, ugh. Now I'm like dreading that they're gonna drop packages off at that guy's house again. Yeah, yeah. I remember I was living in a apartment in Tempe. And some of my friends that I would hang out by the pool with, they were, you know, inviting everybody over because we were watching something on TV. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, just bring some beer, hang out, whatever. I go in there and immediately just a wall of weed smoke (laughs) just nearly knocks me on my ass. And just it's I mean, it's an apartment. It's you're paying for the place. But still, you don't like you can take it outside. It's, you know, it's. 2020 or what what year was it it was 2019 you know everywhere is pretty cool with it now you don't have to like hide in your fucking apartment like a, <laughs> you know like a mole well hey think about this phil how many times did we used to smoke cigarettes indoors oh yeah that's true <laughs> but uh weed's not legal there right it is now oh in arizona it is yeah, for the recreational. A lot of the cities, though, I guess, are trying to button it down. They're uh, basically making like more strict laws than what the state has on the books. So probably for their local police, just to you know bust people with just slightly too much and still get that money. That or to make sure that the good Christians aren't uh, offended by them them pot smokers. Yeah, we're lucky the Mormons even let us live here. Honestly. That's true. Um, one day they'll come around to the to the marijuana. But uh, all right, Phil, you ready to get in this week's episode? Yeah, let's hit it. Now, have you heard of the Cash Landrum incident? 
No, I have not. Okay, so I don't think we've talked about aliens or alleged aliens in quite some time, actually. So I thought it was time to kind of go back to that. Now, this isn't a particularly long case, but it is... I'm, I'm honestly surprised this one isn't more well known because i i like mm. kind of accidentally stumbled on this uh incident here and it's it's kind of one of the rare ones that has like a little bit of proof i guess if that makes sense we'll get there eventually but uh but yeah, yeah. It, it's it, it's just uh i don't know i don't know it's kind of, sometimes it's kind of weird to me that some of these UFO incidences don't get as popular as like the ones that are very clearly made up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's just depending really on, you know, how well it was. You could say it like this, how well it was marketed, you know, how well did it get into magazines? Did it get into like the lore? Has it been like pushed around or does it have like, a lot of times if it got on like uh, unsolved mysteries, if if one of those stories got onto un- unsolved mysteries, then it kind of becomes like big, you know. Apparently this one did. Oh, um, really? Yes. It uh when you're looking through like the the websites and stuff that talk about it, they list an episode of unsolved mysteries about this. I I'm honest, I didn't have time to watch it, but I'm like really tempted to try to find it and watch it. And apparently uh, HBO had a, a documentary kind of either containing this or like um, some or the whole thing was about it or something like that. So uh, for those of you who have HBO should uh, check that out. Yeah. Did for you- anyone who's still keeping up with HBO after Game of Thrones, you might as well, well use it. For something. I'm in I'm in a I'm in a rock and a hard place here, Phil, because that new Mortal Kombat just came out and it's on HBO Go. Is it mm, worth it? Yeah. I don't know if it would be getting I don't know if it'd be worth getting the service for because you'd have to get it for an extended period of time. So I mean maybe if you just had it for a month and then closed it out, but it looks like a lot of new movies are gonna be coming on HBO. So Yeah, the uh well, if you think about it from this perspective, okay, you pay $15 a month, you can watch Mortal Kombat. If you were to go to a theater, that's minimal 20 bucks for two people, not including if you get food or drinks or what have you. So it's not a bad deal. And you don't have to sit next to any smelly weirdos <laughs> like you usually do at the theater. That's one thing I'm glad that closed down is theaters. I didn't even realize how much I didn't like theaters until <laughs> See, this that, past year. That's funny because I love going to the theater, but then again, there hasn't been any good movies out recently, so it's like I haven't really gave a shit. Yeah, the Oscars were the other night, but I can't think of any movies that really came out after March of last year. So, I mean, maybe like one or two must have won all of the awards, <laughs> but... I I'm sure it was some fucking drama of some kind. Those are the ones that always win. Um but uh anyway, let's get in here, Phil. Let's talk about right. the incident. It was around 9 p.m. on the night of December 29th, 1980. Betty Cash, Vicky Landrum, and Vicky's 7-year-old grandson Colby were driving down State Road 1485 in Dayton, Texas which is a town on the outskirts of Houston. Now, 
They were just returning from a lovely dinner. Uh, I didn't. I wish I could have found the name of the restaurant. I'm. Sh- it almost had to be a steakhouse if it's in around Houston, Texas, right? Yeah, steakhouse or barbecue, maybe. I mean, it's December <laughs> 29th, so they might have just had like Christmas a few days before. Maybe that's why they were all hanging out. That could be. I don't know. Now, State Road 1485 was surrounded by dense forests, and being that it was nighttime, when they started to see lights through the tree line, it stood out like a sore thumb. Now, initially, because they were roughly about 35-ish miles from the Houston airport, they just assumed the lights had to be coming from a plane. That's probably what any of us would think. But as they rounded a corner on the highway and got much, much closer to the object, it became very, very apparent this was, in fact, not an airplane. So... What else would you be seeing in the Texan skies if it wasn't an alien? God, the Texan skies. I'm guessing that there's probably a lot of uh, gunfire, you know, just (laughs) random shots being fired. You know, kind of like the Yosemite Sam types are living out there. Uh, The Oilers are having a celebration. Or maybe the Dallas Cowboys won a game or something like that. There's fireworks going off. Uh, Or no, it was Houston. Yeah, Yeah, it'd be the Oilers. Oilers at the time. I I, was, I forgot that. Okay. I always forget that Houston had a team before the Texans. Uh, I was listening to a podcast about something that they wouldn't let certain teams do, like f- throwback colors or whatever. Um, yeah. Man, if they let them do the Oilers logo and shit for like one game, that'd be sick. Yeah, the only problem with the Houston Oilers, like the old colors, is they kind of got adopted by the Titans. Not completely, but um, just because the blue that they use is a little bit brighter than the blue that the Oilers used to use, but they're very similar to the old Oilers colors. Yeah, so. the uh, I always thought that was a, kind of a cool uniform. Yeah, I mean they were they were still a team when we were kids, but they they went or there was a bunch of teams that either moved or became like defunct at that time. So. I I always remember this because. Um, our friend at the time, they were from Texas and his Mm. dad loved the Oilers or was an Oilers fan. And that was like right when they became the Titans, but he didn't like the Titans. I I always remember that for some reason. Now, now, according to Betty, not only were the lights so bright coming from the object that she couldn't see the road itself, but it was also emanating a very strange and a very loud noise. Seeing as the lights were too bright to continue driving, Betty would pull the car over and take a closer look at the object. She would go on to describe the object as a diamond-shaped object with four points, and it was rounded on the bottom and the top. The size was comparable to about a water tower. That's what she said. It was like, she's like, oh, it's about the size of the Dayton water tower. I don't know... (laughs) how if Dayton has like an abnormally large water tower maybe it's just like the normal water tower I don't know I assume the Dayton water tower is one of those old west wooden water towers (laughs) that's open on top to catch the rainwater (laughs) with little six shooter bullet holes all over it um now here's the thing Phil have you heard of a craft that's kind of like shaped like this I feel like this is a very unique shape like the diamond shape with like a 
rounded top and bottom. Yeah, diamond-shaped craft. Um, I mean, there's triangle-shaped crafts that we have now, like the B-2, um, the where the aircraft is an, an entire wing. But yeah, kind of uh, the Arizona Lights, those were supposedly diamond-shaped crafts. Or, you know, like a they big, had the... That looked like a big-ass, not like a... Almost like a boomerang, but like with sharp angles. Oh, like a triangle. Yeah, like the top half of a triangle or whatever, yeah. I okay, the Phoenix yeah. Lights, I think. I don't know. We need to cover that one day. I mean, considering you live there. What I yeah. I think we've asked I've asked you before, but like what <laughs> what would you do if you saw that right now? I don't know. It would be I'm you probably wouldn't believe your eyes maybe for a second or wouldn't know. I mean, the thing is now everyone has cell phones, so everyone would capture it. The, the one that I'm thinking of is the one that was really low to the ground that was hovering over Phoenix. Um, I thought I had heard that that was a diamond shaped one, but maybe that was huh. the boomerang shaped one. But supposedly that one just like flew really slow and hovered like kind of over the city. So I'm guessing now everyone would take out their cell phones and get video of it. I wonder if that one was like after the actual 97 Phoenix Lights one. Oh, I have, I have no idea. I was talking about the the big event, the Phoenix Lights. Hmm. So. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I'm sure we'll cover it one day and get into that. Now, yeah. here's the weirdest thing of all involving that crash. The bottom part of the craft had flames shooting out of it. They were so intense, even at a distance, they could feel the heat radiating from the flames. The flames would dissipate slightly from the bottom of the craft, then the craft would descend downward to- close to the road, and then the flames would start spouting out again. And it kind of like must have been a chilly night. <laughs> Just alien assholes burning out, shooting out of there. Yep. Like, uh, oh shit, we gotta vent some of this. It's getting bad in here. <laughs> so here here's the thing. So far, if you saw that, like would you I mean my first assumption is like the craft is malfunctioning or like I don't know, something's wrong with it, like it's starting to blow up. I you know what I mean? I d I don't really know. If it had flames coming out the bottom of it, I mean at the time, nineteen eighty they were like deep into the like NASA, the um, the shuttlecraft was really huge. So you would, you know, see the flames and think that they were probably thrusters, maybe. So you're thinking maybe this could be a misidentified NASA ship or something. Well, no, I mean, for these people seeing this craft, they in 1980, they might have thought that the flames shooting out were thrusters or something like that on a conventional you know, craft. Well, here's the thing. The flames will become very important um, okay. kind of later on, which kind of gives it a little validity that at least there was something shooting out of the bottom of it. Um, yeah. I don't know. It, it just kind of sounds like they saw it, the flames were shooting out. The flames would kind of go away. Then the craft would kind of go down and then the flames would start shooting out again, kind of like they're trying to like stop the fire or whatever the hell's going on in this thing. But, uh, so they, okay. So you're saying it, it more, more or less that the craft looked like it was damaged. Yeah. Like that was the flames were planned. Oh, no, okay. no, gotcha. no, no. Almost like 
like, I don't know, if a plane or something has a malfunction and <laughs> shoots fire out of it. Um, yeah, well, I, don't, I don't. That's kind of what I'm taking out of it. One strange thing that I've found from living in the Southwest is whenever you have a major holiday like Christmas or Fourth of July, Thanksgiving, it seems like a lot of the uh, the, you know, the common folk out here like to take out their guns and shoot them into the air. So possibly there was a Yosemite Sam situation and maybe this craft just caught a bullet, (laughs) caught a stray one. (laughs) Just a stray Patriot bullet, huh? Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Now, keep in mind that at the point we're talking about, um, Betty is out of the car and Vicky is like kind of out of the car, but Betty's kind of the main one who got out of her car and is really looking at this thing now. After they watch the object for a while, seven-year-old Colby, who refused to get out of the car, was bl- was begging and pleading with the two of them to leave immediately. Uh, the first thought in Betty's head was that she was witnessing the end of the world. Now, of course. Th- this is my favorite. This is for Phil here. Vicky, who is a born-again Christian, started to wonder if she was witnessing the second coming of Jesus Christ, she would even tell Colby, that's Jesus. He will not hurt us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I kind of, I didn't want to say it right away at first, but I'm guessing that if this is Texas, he might, and listening to this whole part of it, poor Colby might be the only one in the car who can read, possibly. <laughs> so. It's very possible. Yeah. Oh, God, I don't know. Like, think about this for a minute, though. How, uh, like, if we actually had an event where, like, hu- aliens were going to actively try to make contact with humanity and whatever else, how many religious people would be like, oh, my God, Jesus is descending on, or, you know what I mean? Like, Jesus and his ships are coming to get us, or, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I mean, really, it's just, you know, kind of... I imagine now there would be a shit ton less people who believe it's Jesus, considering how much exposure we've had to, you know, like UFOs and aliens and media and movies, TV, documentaries, all that stuff. Like, I'm guessing Colby, seven years old, probably was growing up with a bunch of sci-fi shit. You know, maybe he had watched Star Trek or, you know, some of the movies that were out. I mean, Aliens was going to be coming out this, you know, this decade. So there was pretty big push for, oh, uh, Star Wars. So he might have actually thought, oh, shit, that's a fucking alien yeah. or that's a spaceship. And, you know, his bumpkin family members might have just assumed it was Jesus because <laughs> that's the time that they grew up. They True. would assume it's Jesus. True. So. True. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. Poor Colby, man. He, he doesn't have a good time with uh, this whole thing. Now, in a semi-hip hypnotized state betty would move closer and closer to the craft until the heat was just so intense that she felt that she couldn't walk any further it was at this point that she suddenly like snapped out of the little whatever the hypnotism or whatever and began to return to her car but the heat had been that had been emanating from the craft had made the car door handles exceedingly hot and Betty had to use the sleeve on her leather jacket to even open it. So <laughs> that's a very common problem in in Phoenix. <laughs> you, <laughs> door you go handles to open get up hot, the door and it burns your hand. 
Yeah. Also, the steering wheel burns your hand, too. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Is that why they don't have metal door handles anymore? Well, they do have metal door handles some places. But, yeah, most people, like, when they, like, during the summer, whenever you try to, like, go, like, whenever you walk up to a door, a lot of people will take the bottom of their shirt and open it with that. Just because they know it's going to be hot if it's been in Mm. the sun. Okay. I mean, that's very plausible. This is December 30th in Texas in the middle of the night. So I don't know if it could be that hot, but, uh, but yeah. Well, no, I'm saying, yeah, yeah, I I can can see like the heat from the craft. So I get what you're saying. I just, I don't know why when I heard that, like part of the story, I was just like, wow, that's really weird. Um, that must've been really hot. What's like the hottest thing in a, I guess, uh, for me, it'd be a, uh, like a concert, right? Where they shoot pyros or whatever. Uh, oh yeah. And you can like feel it even though you're like really fucking far away from it. I went to an, uh, an air show when, when I was at Oxnard in California, I was stationed there at Port Wanimi and we actually, we actually did kind of like cleanup help while we were in training for an air show. I think it was at Vandenberg. We actually saw an A-10 doing a little demonstration and part of its demonstration was it dropping like it simulated like it was dropping napalm but the napalm it was all you know it was just a big explosion on the ground but basically it was really far away and it was uh this gigantic fireball of explosion and the heat like made you turn away it just felt like it was a campfire that you was like right in your face so that was probably the hottest thing damn that's uh man that's crazy it's crazy like shit can get that hot you know what i'm saying oh yeah that you're you're many many feet away from it and you still feel it just like if you were like really close to it so just the heat radiates right to you now because they were driving an old cutlass it would have been quite difficult for them to just completely turn around due to According to them, muddy shoulders on the road. So for the next 15 minutes, they would all just sit and watch the object until it finally started to lift up and appear almost as if it was kind of getting ready to like take off. It almost like to them kind of went above the tree line, I guess that would uh, be the telltale sign of the object about to zoom out of there. Um, That's what I took out of that. Yeah, my uh, my oldest brother actually used to drive a Cutlass. I believe it was his first car, and that was a fucking boat. So I can see what they mean by they couldn't turn around. I don't see why they couldn't just like back it up, but they. I uh, don't know. I don't know. I maybe they don't didn't take care of the roads in Houston, Texas, in 1980. Yeah, well, maybe the back roads. Actually, the weird thing is when I was living out near West Texas, compared to New Mexico, the roads were really nice, but. It's not hard to make things nicer than they are in New Mexico. (laughs) I know. uh, New Mexico sounds like it makes Wisconsin look like a paradise. Oh, yeah. They make people from Wisconsin, you know, look almost like decent human beings. (laughs) Pretty much almost like decent human beings. (laughs) Yeah, let's not get too wild here. Um, (laughs) Did did your brother have like an 80s cutlass? It was like a, it was an early '80s Cutlass. It oh was yeah, like baby blue, and yeah. I believe it was early '80s. It, it could have been in the '70s too. I know that in order to open the hood, he had to slam his hand down on it to get it to pop open, and to stop, he had to put his foot outside of the vehicle 
to 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 get it to a stop. So yeah, I don't know if that's uh, DOT approved, but uh, yeah, you gotta no, do what you gotta really. do. <laughs> Sounds Small like town good... Iowa, though, anything flies. <laughs> Sounds like a good way to lose your foot. Um, yeah. Now, <clears throat> as mentioned, after the craft started to lift up and appeared to be ready to leave, is when something even weirder happened. According to both Betty and Vicky, a large amount of helicopters started to pe- appear on the scene. The helicopters would then surround the object in a tight formation. They would go on later to determine it was 23 large combat-ready Boeing CH-47 Chinook model helicopters. So, are you familiar with these bad boys? I am. I don't understand what they meant by combat-ready, because Chinooks are transport helicopters. Are they? They're the ones with the two propellers, the one in front and the one in back, that lift heavy things. Can they not have guns on them? I mean, you could put a gun on anything, but I've never seen one with a gun on it, so <laughs> can, it's love, a little weird. That's such an American phrase. Oh, you can put a gun on you anything. You can put a gun on anything. <laughs> Very tight yeah, of you. Yeah, I mean, this would have been a few years after Vietnam. Um, the Huey probably still would have been used. They were coming out with, I think, the Cobra pretty soon for attack hel- as far as attack helicopters go. But yeah, it's kind of odd that they um, combat ready Chinooks. It's a little don't. weird. And 23 of them. I don't know if there's 23 in the entire state of Texas. So that's a little well, odd too. Well, here's the thing. This is kind of where the, I think the government, uh, if we fully believe this story, starts. Um, it becomes very apparent to me that if the government, like we believe, knows of ufos and stuff i this seems like one of those incidents where they knew what they were doing and they essentially what it appears is that the helicopter surrounded the object and then the helicopters kind of like escorted it um out of this area or like helped it leave like they knew it was broke down and they were helping it go wherever it was supposed to go that would make sense because actually Chinooks are a lot faster. So um, Apache helicopters are like super fast, but an unloaded Chinook is actually much faster because it has the two large, um, you know, the the head assemblies on it for the propeller blades. So because of that, it's a lot faster unloaded. So I imagine that the Chinooks could keep up a lot better. And if they were Chinooks, they wouldn't seem aggressive if they're vehicles without you know, any guns or rockets or cannons on them or anything like that. So that kind of makes sense. Right. I mean, obviously the government's not going to admit what happened, but um, that's kind of what it seemed like. Like the ship was breaking down. The helicopters came on the scene to kind of help it. I don't know if they were escorting it back to a military base or if they were, I don't know what would be, what would have been a, an air force base back in Houston, Texas. Ooh, I'm not so sure about Houston. Um, there is Lackland Air Force Base in San Antonio. Um, there's there's quite a bunch of Air Force and Army bases in Texas though. There's there's quite a few. So Yeah, I I mean I don't know. Obviously nobody knows for sure, but that is kind of like the series of events that I was believing happened like they 
uh, squirted it somewhere. Could the Chinooks be used to, like, hook to it and kind of, like, um, tow it somewhere? I mean, they could. If I don't know, like, 23 Chinooks is a lot of them. I don't know exactly. It seems like a pretty big craft. Um, I mean, this also, I was kind of thinking in my head, maybe this is a experimental um, aircraft from the United States. I don't know if you're going to go into it, but... It also, if if the uh, if the Air Force already knew what to do and like where to go, maybe it was an experimental aircraft that was like malfunctioning. So maybe the Chinooks were there to pick it up if it crashed to get it the fuck out of there. That could that be. Would, that would make a lot of sense, honestly. Twenty three Chinooks to pick something up that big. I mean, just to get it out as fast as they could. They would all have to coordinate the fuck out of each other, but for 23 see, of them but yeah see again uh it's not very clear if they saw 23 overall or if there was okay. 23 surrounding it or maybe they saw 10 first then 10 more then 10 more or you know like they came in waves that could have been i don't really know um honestly that that's pure speculation all of that is pure speculation so i'm okay. not entirely sure yeah, I'm just trying to figure out like why they would send Chinooks. I don't know. If yeah, that's it's a it's an odd model to bring unless you are planning on picking something up that's super heavy. So yeah, I don't. I mean, the craft would have been heavy, right? Maybe. Yeah, the craft would have been really heavy. So I don't know. Maybe it's just all they had in the fleet. I at the time for an emergency. I don't know. Really don't know. Yeah. But uh, could be. We're going to kind of take a different direction from what happens next. And this is kind of the point of the story where they actually have documents <laughs> proving that all of this shit happened. So the trio went home, Betty, Vicky, and uh, Colby. They just returned home, went to bed as normal. But Betty mm -hmm. would find herself being awoken at approximately 1 a.m. the following morning. And she starting was starting to feel quite ill. Betty claims that she felt nauseated and had diarrhea, felt very hot, was uh, craving water, her eyes were burning, and her skin began to look like she had a severe sunburn. She would contact Vicky, who is suffering from almost the exact same symptoms, although to a lesser degree, and this is probably because Vicky didn't get nearly as close to the object as Betty did, so... When you start hearing this, obviously we're going to talk more about it, but uh, what is your initial impression? Oh, I mean, it's, you know, you hear all that stuff. It sounds like radiation poisoning. Yeah. Pretty, pretty quick. Just from hearing the things about uh, Chernobyl and what they were going through, it kind of sounds like the exact same things that the that the guys who were trying to keep Chernobyl from crashing um, were going through when they got back. So. Oh. Here's the thing. Um, you always hear about radiation and like alien crafts. Yes. What the hell are they using <laughs> that has all this radiation? That's what I'd love, love to know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of uh, depending on like what's uh, trying to think of what that guy's name is. The uh, the guy you always see on all the documentaries, the one who he Stephen Greer to a what's that Stephen Greer. Stephen Greer. Mm. Yeah. So there's I'm trying to think of what he always says it is, but there's, it's a, there's a scientist who claims it's some weird element 
that we're just finding out about now. And it's oh. supposedly like highly radioactive. So um, could it's be. kind of, I mean, really, that's they're putting out some kind of like almost like if it's a reaction, like a, you know, nuclear reaction or something like that. Maybe it's maybe it's part of that. Did the um, whatever powered the Star Trek ships, if those oh. were leaking, wouldn't they leak radiation? Um, antimatter. They were <laughs> they were antimatter engine uh, antimatter engines. Yeah, <laughs> I so know yeah, they if were. The, if those engines were leaking, probably the whole ship would just blow up because <laughs> antimatter would be leaking onto matter. And yeah, would, you know. Yeah, lose containment. Uh, yeah, that stuff's uh quite explosive, actually. Now, over the next few days. Betty just still wasn't feeling very well, and her condition was starting to worsen. She now had multiple, very large, painful blisters developing all over her body. So so Betty naturally would go to the emergency room. Now, this is they have the medical records show that when she first showed up, she was unable to walk. She had lost patches of skin. And had lost a significant amount of her hair. She would be hospitalized for 12 days after she first went to the hospital. Like, if she was coming in like this, do you think they were like, do you have leprosy or something? You know what I mean? Yeah, they would. Oh, God, it'd be like that fucking movie pandemic or uh, epidemic or whatever pandemic where just some weird fucking symptoms show up. You would almost want to quarantine her just so You'd be worried it might be a virus or something like that. Yeah, I know. Like, uh, I don't know. That would scare the shit out of you. Uh, poor old oh, poor yeah. lady here, too. Even, like, the pictures you see of her, she looks kind of old. I don't know how old she actually is. But, uh, but yeah, if you have pieces of your skin missing, you got fucking blisters everywhere, you got chunks of your hair missing, God, that's fucked up. You know, from the sound of what Vicky's sent what Vicky's skin was going through and kind of what she was suffering from kind of sounds like her old friend, uh, what Steve Bannon might've had. <laughs> if you remember him? I actually think Vicky's in better condition than Steve Bannon is. Possibly. His skin oh was looking God. pretty bad there. Oh towards my the end. God. He was starting to fall apart. He's, isn't he one of them that's in jail? No, I don't believe he's in jail. I don't, I don't think so. Well, okay. He's the one who said we should go out and start cutting the heads off of our <laughs> elected leaders. I think that was him. Yeah, I think he might have gotten a pardon from Trump. Ah, he might have been one of the ones yeah. who, who got one. Yeah, so. they they were kind of tight, if I remember. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, Betty would soon be discharged after her symptoms improved slightly, but after a while, she was feeling sick again. So she would end up spending another fifteen days in the hospital. Now, with Vic, mm. Vicky and Colby, the other two. They would eventually have to be treated as well because their symptoms were mostly from hair loss, uh, sunburn with skin sores and general weakness. They were not nearly as in as, in as bad a shot shape as Betty was. Like, Betty was, like, fucked up. These two, luckily, I guess, weren't quite as bad. Eventually, on her second visit, the treating physician determined that it had appeared... As if the three of them were suffering from, this is how he described it, ionizing radiation with an infrared component. Now, with you mentioned Chernobyl, um, do you know like what type of radiation 
that was considered? Oof, I have absolutely no idea what type of radiation that would be. Um, yeah, I don't understand. I'm not very, I'm not great with science. So it sounds pretty fucking, uh, pretty bad though. Ionizing radiation, whatever yeah. it is. Well, if it says with an infrared component, I, I assume that means like a very direct um, emanation of it. That's kind of well, what I took out of it. Infrared is on a, on the light spectrum. So there's ultraviolet and infrared, which are on opposite sides of the visible light spectrum. So I don't really know hmm. what they mean by infrared component, but uh, hmm. I wonder if maybe that's like depending on the type of skin damage, maybe they can determine that. Uh, I I, yeah, I, I don't be. I don't really know. Maybe an infrared beam affects your skin differently than like an ultraviolet one does or something. I don't know. I don't. I really don't know. But yeah, ionizing radiation does not sound like something you'd naturally run into. Yeah. I mean, if you keep going more and more steps up on the light spectrum, you start to get into like microwaves. You'll get into like gamma rays that kind of like the worse and worse like radiation that you get hit with. So, well, if we, if we take this into today's standards, um, do you think certain individuals would claim that maybe she just saw the world's first 5g tower? Possibly. It could have been a very young Bill Gates there in that craft trying to poison the world with 5G. One craft at a time. Uh, now, as far as other witnesses go, there was a local Dayton police officer named Detective Lamar Walker who claimed that both he and his wife had witnessed 12 Chinook type helicopters around that same time that Betty Vicky and Colby had witnessed the craft and helicopters but outside of the police officer um not really any other witnesses so it's kind of like the five of them who witnessed anything at all now I again could it be possible that the three of them misidentified the number of crafts or number of helicopters and maybe it was only 12 I don't know I mean, it's it's possible. I mean, maybe maybe there were ones coming in from multiple bases. So maybe there was a group coming in from, you know, some location. Then that's the ones that they saw coming in, meeting up with other Chinooks other from other places. So it's um, it's kind of I mean, it's not really abnormal to think that only a couple of people out in the you know, that's pretty uh, r like rural area out in the woods. So like there's there's helicopters flying around like really close all over the place around me. And you can only see the ones that are actually, you know, just right above you, even though there may be one flying just a, you know, quarter mile away. You really can't see it because of how low they're flying. So, right. Right. I, I guess we'll we'll uh, it's kind of a mystery because obviously there's so few witnesses, you know what I mean? So. Guess we'll never yeah. know. And obviously the uh, military is not going to say anything. No. Also, also, though, it's possible that 12 Chinooks looked like 24 because of all of the uh, the rotor blades. Right. If you're used to only seeing helicopters with one rotor blade, you might, in the dark, you might think that there's two of them right next to each other. That's a good point, actually, Phil. Didn't even well. think... Now that you mentioned that, um, I actually... Because in the uh, near the St. Paul airport, 
There's like a mm-hmm. military base of some sort. Um, and I see Chinooks uh, flying around there. They're they're like the long tubular shaped ones, kind of right. Yep. Yep. They got the the two the two big propellers on top, and they're kind of like longer. Um, yeah, they're very loud, also. Yeah, I so. think I think uh, when you were still living here and you just joined joined the Air Force, I feel like you told me that was a what was it like a t- uh, they would train uh, pilots or something there. Oh yeah, I'm not exactly, I'm not sure. I don't remember saying it, but I know that there is. That's the base that I enlisted at was that base right there. So hmm. okay, yeah. Now there's an additional claim by Vicky. That one day in April of 1981, a Chinook helicopter had flown into Dayton, and when Colby looked at it, he got very upset, almost like he has some sort of trauma from the initial incident. So mm. so she took him to the spot where the Chinook landed, where there were plenty of other spectators looking at the Chinook, and she thought maybe if she takes him close to it, it might kind of put him at ease, I guess. They would eventually speak to the pilot of the Chinook. Both Vicky and another witness would claim that the pilot of that Chinook said he had been in the area previously to check on a UFO that was experiencing trouble nearby. (laughs) Vicky would go on to tell him that she had also seen that UFO and it had given her a sunburn. The pilot then immediately stopped talking to them and made them leave the area. So again, truth, I don't know. Why would the was the pilot maybe a little drunk? Why would he be talking about this out in the open? If I it had I, actually happened. That's it was odd. the eighties. I don't know, but uh, is I didn't ask this before. Like, how is is Vicky? Is she like older is she as older as the the grandma is or is she i, I think younger Be- i think betty and vicky are roughly about the same age oh okay i was gonna say because if vicky is actually like a good looking like 25 year old chick then i could see the pilot just saying whatever he has to just to you know make it happen but yeah, it's a little weird that he just comes right out and says, oh, yeah, I was checking on a UFO that was in trouble in the area, you know, had to go help it out. And then when she starts talking about how she got a sunburn from it, how he just kind of storms off and leaves the area. It's a little weird. Like, well, why he, would he think that what he said was OK? And then when he heard her story, it's like, oh, shit, she saw it. I better leave her. You know, it's a little odd. I Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Really don't know. Um he didn't leave the area. He made her leave the area or like he made her leave where he was. Oh, gotcha. He made. Okay. Okay. So he didn't storm off. No, gotcha. he's right. just like, get her out of here. Yeah. Type of thing. Yeah. After Betty was healed up, she would file a formal complaint with the USAF, who she believed at the time was the one responsible for all of her pain, suffering and immense, immense medical bills. She had, so many fucking medical bills. It was ridiculous. Eventually, <laughs> eventually, uh, this led her to contacting Senators Lloyd Benson and John Tower, who told her to meet with Army personnel. Betty, Vicky, and Colby would meet with Army personnel on August 17th, 1981 at the Bergstrom Air Force Base's Law Library. 
they were advised by the armored personnel that they should hire a lawyer if they wished to seek damages. Eventually, a lawyer named Peter Gertsen, who was the founding member of Citizens Against UFO Secrecy, was going to handle their case pro bono. They were. Fo- he, Go ahead. I was going to say, he sounds like a real hot shot. <laughs> he just <laughs> some wants- fucking, some tinfoil hat wearing dude who creates that group. Like, oh no, I'll do it totally for free. Like, yeah, like you get what you pay for though. So I I don't know. Um, Honestly, though, Phil, I know we make fun of him. And I'm sure this guy's a doofus. But uh, <laughs> if more serious people helped the UFO cause, maybe they could actually get somewhere. But then again, um, the military probably isn't going to care if a lawyer sues them or not. That's just my no. feeling. Uh, huh. I feel like they have ways around that. But uh, yeah. But yeah. No. They were filing a $20 million suit, but it would eventually be dismissed by a U.S. district court judge claiming that the plaintiffs had not proved that the helicopters were associated with the U.S. government or branches of the military. Also, military officials testified that they did in fact not have any diamond-shaped aircraft such as the ones that were witnessed by Betty, Vicky, and Colby. So I guess it's pretty hard for them to prove that the either alien ship or the U.S. military was responsible for her radiation poisoning, but uh, it sounds like you're pretty cliché uh, dodging or dismissing of any sort of attachment to it. Yeah, I imagine that the Army when they told her to go out and find herself a lawyer, knew that this was going to happen once they got to the court. So it's just going to be dismissed. I even, okay, let's say even if the diamond shaped aircraft was one of their like experimental crafts or something, I don't think they would ever feel obligated to talk about it in court, right? No, they wouldn't. It would be like top secret. If it was their craft, it would be completely top secret. And they probably wouldn't like all of the, you know, all the documents and everything would coming out of that court would probably be like black, like like how they put a black marker against certain things like redaction. There would be mm, like heavily mm-hmm. re- redacted mm-hmm. statements and stuff. So, I mean, it's one of those things where they're coming to them trying to get money out of the military for all of the damages that, the, you know, they think that this craft caused them. But it's not like the Chinooks caused them this this damage. It was something else. So yeah. there's no way they can prove the military did anything to them. Yeah. I just feel bad because, like, <clears throat> all the symptoms that she went through, God, 1980, I think she said it was like, I think it was like 200 grand or something. Um, so if that was today's money, you were going to the hospital. I, oh, yeah. I, I think fucking, uh, what's his name? Goddamn Jeff Bezos would go bankrupt trying to cure himself <laughs> of that. Jesus Christ. But, uh, for, yeah, for 200 grand in 1980s dollars, that's quite a bit of fucking money right now. Yeah. So it's fucking wild. Now, Betty Cash would eventually develop breast cancer and was said to have had lingering effects from the from those particular events and possible radiation poisoning for the rest of her life. Vicky eventually developed severe cataracts, 
Betty Cash would die on December 29th, 1998, which was 18 years to the day that she witnessed the mysterious craft in the sky. Vicki Landrum died on September 12th, 2007. Now, Colby is still alive, and I think he's still kind of looking for answers, but, uh, but yeah, it's... I don't know. Um, let me read the last paragraph and then we'll kind of discuss it here, Phil. There's one man who has a dissenting opinion, and he had this back then, about the radiation poisoning by the name of Brad Sparks. Now, he argues that Betty did show all the symptoms of extreme or did show all the symptoms of that particular type of radiation poisoning, but he claims that someone who has that severe of symptoms from that particular type of radiation poisoning, there's no way they should still be alive. Like, she should be dead if she had that amount of damage to her body. Mm. So, uh, I, I I don't know. I kind of get what he's saying as well. Um, but again, if this is an alien craft, who the fuck knows <laughs> what they're emanating from this. So... What is your feeling about what happened to Betty and Vicky? I mean, they do have a lot of, like, where else are they going to get that heavy of radiation burns Yeah, out in the middle of the forest to actually, all three of them went to the hospital. And Betty claims that she basically walked up as close as she could get. So she got the full effect. Vicky was behind her. And then Colby was still in the car. Also, Younger people handle radiation like it cleans out of their body a lot more easily. So I can see how he would be way less affected by radiation than an older woman would be. Um, It's kind of weird that like the doctor back then said, you know what this kind of looks like ionizing radiation and with infrared component whatnot. And this guy is saying that if that specific kind of radiation had hit her with those symptoms, she would be dead. But we don't actually know what kind of radiation. Like, it could be something that we really never seen before. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's kind of my argument. Um, here's the thing. I you, This just rung a bell in my head when you mentioned the, the initial doctor who diagnosed it. Yes. Because it was the Cold War time, do you think the doctors were, like, taught more about radiation poisoning on human skin? I mean, it definitely would have been, let's see, they would, I don't know if they would have been using radiation to cure cancer at that time. Um, they would have, let's see, 1980. I mean, they would have known radiation. I don't know, like small town or maybe they went to Houston uh, for the hospital, but trying to think of, they must have actually gone to Houston to have a doctor good enough to like be able to know what all that stuff is um it's well, not like they went to, you know if they had just gone to some small country bumpkin you know little hospital or clinic they might not have gotten a very good like a assessment of like what was wrong with them yeah so yeah it's god it's it's a tough one um i'm not really sure but yeah with it being the cold war and the whole nuclear like anyone who was a doctor in 1980 would have came up, like gone to medical school and everything during the time of like the nuclear arms like hysteria. So of the late sixties, early seventies. I, so. ju- I just feel like they would have put a course in there to like 
just in case something happens so they know how to treat it or whatever, you know? Um, oh, yeah. Uh, so what... In your heart, do you do you think this is an experimental plane, or do you think this is uh, an alien UFO? Um, or something I else, think I guess. Because of the Chinooks, if so, say it is real, which you know, obviously, you got to take everything. Who knows what actually happened? Um, if it is some like there were actually, so say there actually was a craft out there, just as the three of them described, and the Chinooks did show up to escort it out or possibly maybe lift it out of there, I would say experimental aircraft. Just because if it was a UFO, I would think that there would be jets in the air. There would be different types of aircraft, like helicopters there, like more aggressive helicopters than Chinooks. So I think it's an experimental aircraft. Yep. I mean, it very well could be. Um, What one would be emanating radiation? I don't know but uh yeah i i don't know it's just so it's just such a weird thing because you can't deny that she had radiation poisoning there's medical records and everything that is indisputable but it's like how she got it it's like i don't unless she's like a black market nuclear arms dealer i don't yeah i don't know how else she got it yeah there's a there's an old story that i heard of it was this, I think it was a guy. He basically had found um, a piece of metal that he thought looked really cool. So he kind of like made a necklace out of it. And eventually he just got sicker and sicker until one day he just w- went to the hospital. They were trying to figure out what was making him so sick. They said it looked like he had radiation poisoning. So they used a, the, the Geiger meter all over like his house. And they eventually picked up on his little necklace that he had that was in the hospital and it was beeping like crazy because it was an old part to some kind of like nuclear. Uh, I forgot what exactly it was, but it was highly radioactive. Ooh, so damn. he had basically been warning it against his bare skin around his neck for weeks. And that was what was making him sick. But <sighs> I mean, that's kind of that, cool. Yeah. To get that kind of blast of radiation, it was almost like you would have to be like, like in a nuclear reactor like in that room to get that kind of radiation. So there'd have to be definitely a reactor, you know, of some kind. Yeah. I don't know. It just, to me in like the quickest nutshell on the surface, it seems like craft, whatever craft it was, alien malfunctioning flames are shooting out. They got out to look at it a little too close (laughs) for comfort there. It affected them. Then the government quickly got it out of there and like tried to sweep it under the rug was it an alien i don't know there's a lot of radiation and aliens and like all the ones we've talked about there's always radiation and aliens like connected together so i think there's something there but uh i i don't really know it's it's such a do you see what i mean though i feel like i don't know why this story isn't bigger yeah i mean really like the radiation poisoning that they got and the fact that they they claim to have seen all of those Chinooks. And there was another witness, the police officer and his wife, who also saw a dozen Chinooks flying in the area. I mean, it's it's very it's compelling, I'll say that. I mean, on the Neil deGrasse Tyson, I would give it, you know, maybe twenty percent yeah. that there was actually something out there. 
And I would say of that 20, I would give it like 50-50 experimental craft or alien. So I like them mods there. 10 and, t- 10 and 10. So. <laughs> All right, Phil. Well, let's uh, let's close out of here. Um, first off, I want to say thank you to everybody who supports us on our Patreon. We greatly appreciate it. We do have a special gift for the patrons in the works, and I promise you, it is going to be, as the kids would say nowadays, lit. Okay. Now, if you want to support us, <laughs> Patreon, and receive or listen to the 12 or 13 off the record banter shows we have, it's pretty easy. Go to patreon.com slash subliminal deception. Otherwise, you can go to our website, subliminaldeception.com, and there's a direct link to our Patreon. Really easy to sign up. We really appreciate it. Dollar, I think it's $2 and up. You can listen to all the off the records. And maybe if you do it in relative uh, time to when we announce this, you'll get the special gift, gift as well. Phil, if they want to contact us, where can they do that? Well, they can hit us up on our email, subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we love hearing from you guys. It's always great to hear you know, the support uh, the ideas for the shows, you know, keep them coming. We also have an Instagram, uh, Subliminal Deception Podcast on IG. Probably the best way to get a hold of us. Um, you know, love. Uh, we love all the support, all the shout outs, the the likes and the shares and everything. So keep them coming. Uh, Cody and I both have our own Instagrams. Mine's SD Podfill. Cody, you got one? Yeah, you can follow my personal one at Cody's Above. Now, the last thing, if you are a true hero. You will log on to iTunes and leave the show five-star review. doesn't really matter what you say. Uh, you can type something nice. You can type something mean. Phil has a new thing. You type something funny and it's five stars. We'll read it on the show. So that is a yeah. challenge to you. Now, No matter how mean it is, you can make it as mean as you want. We can take it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. We uh, might make fun of you a little bit if it's really, really good, but yeah. Uh, otherwise, if you're a Spotify user, pretty easy. Just hit that follow button, and you'll always be updated when the newest episode drops, and it helps boost us up the charts. So thank you, everybody, who has done that as well. I hope you guys love the return to aliens here. Got a little weird, made you think, made you use your little noggins a little bit. Otherwise, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys.